Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He wants him to fish by faith, not by sight. So, Active faith grows by stepping out in obedience to God and His Word. After this miracle, Jesus wants to say to Peter, You obeyed, but the rest was all up to me. You couldn't have done what I'm going to do, Peter. Some people think the Christian life is all about them and their efforts. Others think their job is just to let go and let God do it all. Neither is biblical. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us that when Jesus told Peter to go cast a line in the water and pull coins out of a fish's mouth, Peter had a choice. He could either believe Jesus and obey, or he could refuse to believe it was possible. His choice would determine whether he saw God at work. Here's the key. Trusting and obeying God's word allows us to see the power of God. Is your unbelief causing you to miss God at work? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message entitled, Faith in Action. saying, I'm the son of God. The temple actually belongs to my father and to me. If I pay the tax, in essence, I'm taxing myself. And you don't do that. Just as a king's son is exempt, I'm exempt. So Jesus is saying, I'm really the Lord of the temple. We know that's true. Technically, he was exempt from Taxation, but he's going to give us a huge principle. See, Jesus really didn't have to pay the temple tax. He was the Lord of the temple. Why would he tax himself? Look what the word 27, verse 27 gives us his principle. But Peter, learn this lesson, understand this general principle, so that we may not offend them. That word in the original language means stumble them. So we may not offend them or stumble them. Peter, go to the lake, throw out your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it, give it to them, the collectors, for my tax and your tax for this year. You see, Jesus was trying to show us something very important. Keep your finger right there. Turn back to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. What was he trying to say? He says, Peter, if you go to these 
temple tax collectors and say, uh, Jesus is exempt. That's going to stumble them. There's going to be all kinds of problems now. He said that actually that the easy thing to do, Pete, is just we're going to pay it. I, I don't owe it, but I'm going to pay it anyway. In other words, listen to me. Jesus is saying, in the small issues of life, don't sweat them. Just go the extra mile and do the right thing. Let me give you an example. If you have a teenager, you don't want to be coming down on a teenager for every single thing they do wrong. If you do, you'll lose them. You want a major on the majors. Don't get legalistic. You'll lose everything. If you run a corporation and every little thing you complain about, for you don't have any employees. Or if you will, they won't do any work for you. So what Jesus says is, we're not going to sweat the small stuff. I don't know it. I know I don't know it, but I'm going to pay it anyway. Understand that principle. I think it's huge in our lives. When the little stuff comes up, just do the right thing. Just do it. Forget it. Don't worry about it. Just do the right thing. So he's going to pay this tax. Well, let me ask you a question. You said, Pastor Mark, you said the Bible tells us how to do life. Does a Christian, regardless of who's in government, does a Christian have to pay taxes? How do you know? That's the right answer. You see, if we didn't have this, you wouldn't know. But I guarantee you, most of you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. You pay taxes because you don't want to go to jail. (laughs) You know, that's very biblical. You'll see it in a moment. It's a smart thing to do. Let me tell you something sad. There's a guy, a husband and wife, had a ministry. It was a very good ministry of... They were brilliant with creationism. They could tell you why. By the way, coming next year, we're going to have a, a whole weekend on creationism. Tremendous people. Not this, not this couple. Well, it was discovered that this couple who are Christians for the last, in their organization, the last 20, 30 years, whatever, have never paid any income tax. Well, number one, what does that say to the Christian world? Because they claim they don't owe it. That's it. He'll get the scriptures and... <laughs> well, they've been caught. They're in the process of being sentenced from what it looks like for their whole life. The rest of their life, they're going to be in prison. Now, is that right? Yes, it is right. So they left a terrible witness. So do you and I, biblically, are we told to pay taxes? Well, here's the answer in case you didn't ever want to know it. Romans 13. Let's take a look at verse 1. Then we're going to skip on down to verse 5. Everyone, how many is that? That's everyone, that's you. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. Local rulers, police, fire people, congressmen, president, whatever. For there is no authority, none of those people, except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Now, it doesn't say they've been 100% approved by God. But they have been allowed to rule. Why? Well, lots of reasons, and of course, we don't know all of them. Understand that in this time when Jesus is writing, of course, Romans, right here when Paul's writing, who is ruling the Jewish nation? The Romans. And the Romans were playing havoc with the Jews. That Paul will die. So it isn't like, well, Pastor Mike, if the government isn't really operating by Christian principles, then I don't have to pay taxes. No. Not at all. I'll show you why. Scoot on down to verse 5. 
Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, speed limit, zoning things, whatever. Not only because of possible punishment. In other words, you want to do it because you don't want to go to jail. Because if you don't do it, you will go to jail. Someone will get you. You get a ticket. You get fined. You get whatever. Or number two, because of conscience. Let's say you say, Pastor Mark, man, I've been creative. I pay my income tax. But man, I found ways to cheat the government out of this stuff. And they've never found me. Cool. The problem is you got a bad conscience. And every night when you lay down, you have that on your mind. Because you know you have not done the right thing. So the Bible says, you want to do it because you, if you get caught, you're going to go to prison or you're going to get punished. But number two, you really want to do it because God already knows what your motive is and you don't want to have a bad conscience. So do we pay taxes? Verse six. This is also why you pay taxes for the authorities are God's servants. Next time you have an audit with the IRS, just sit down with the IRS audit and say, can I pray for you? You're God's servant before you audit me. I don't know if that'll do any good. You might try it. He says, they're God's servants who give their full time to govern. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes, revenue, revenue, respect, respect, honor, honor. So God is the ruler of everything. All governing authorities. We are obligated as citizens of this world, even though we are citizens of heaven, but we live here. You and I are obligated to simply submit and obey the laws of our government. Now, is there an exception to that? Yes, there is. Let me give an example. It's happening right now in in the United States. It isn't true yet, but in some countries it's basically there. Let's say the government comes up with this law, and it says this. As a pastor of a church or priest, you cannot, from the pulpit, teach... That if two people are sleeping together and they're not married, that it's a sin. A man and a woman, before, before they get married, which it is a sin. Or two men, two women, homosexual, lesbian, it's a sin. You cannot teach that from the pulpit. Now you say, Pastor Mark, that'll never happen in our country. They're already trying to get this in the government. So what happens in that case? Do I obey The governing authorities who say to me, you will not, of course, we talk about lots of sins, not just those sins. We love those people. But you can't, you can talk about anger, and you can talk about lying, but you can't talk about homosexuality or sleeping together. You can't talk about that. You can't do it. So what do I do? Do I obey the governing authorities? No, I do not. Because I have a governing authority that's a little higher than those people. It isn't a laughing matter. You watch television every, literally, every single program now has their token homosexual lesbian agenda. Every single program. Such a small group of people, but they found a way to work it in. We're not against those people. No worse sin than... You, if you're here today and claim you're a Christian and you've been cheating on your taxes for the last 20 years, that's a sin against God. So the only exception that I can't do or you can't do is if the government asked me to do something, Acts 5, 29, said to Peter and those guys, don't ever teach in Jerusalem Jesus' name again. Pete said, thank you, but I have a higher authority. I will teach in the name of Jesus. Of course, they got put in jail for it. Then the angel came and released them. That's what I'm praying for, if it happens. 
So now you know that the Bible teaches even about taxes. All right, back to Matthew chapter 17, verse 27. Now, in our walk with God, he wants to grow our faith. God looks for ways to grow our faith. Paul wrote this to the Thessalonians. We always ought to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so because your faith is growing more and more. God's not interested in this little faith. It isn't vibrant. It isn't active. It isn't healthy. He's interested in faith, my faith, that's growing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the more you hear the word of God, the more you put it in practice, my faith grows. But there's another part of that that can't happen just from hearing. God has to test us. He has to challenge our faith. And we're going to see that this morning, that if you're a Christian, God is not happy with small faith. He's not happy with inactive faith. He wants faith that's actually going to be challenged. Well, how's he going to do that? How's he going to stretch us? We have to learn to walk by faith, not by sight. Well, in this story, true story, he's going to challenge Peter's faith. Look at verse 27 again. But so that we may not offend them, Peter, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it, give it to them for my tax and yours. Now, Jesus says we don't owe the tax, but I'm going to do it so it's it's not going to be a controversial deal. We don't want to go even go there. Could Jesus have done this? Could he just magically made a coin? Sure he could do it. He can do anything. He could have just went, here Pete, pay the tax. Now, if he did that, would that stretch Peter's faith? No. So he says to Pete, something totally out of nature for Pete. Totally stretching Pete. Totally different than Pete has ever responded to before. He says, by the way, how did Pete normally fish? Tell me. Boat and a, and a net. He doesn't tell him that. Now, could God have caused that? Pete, go on the river, and we're going to have all these fish just jump right in the boat. Just get of any of them. There'll be a corner. Could he have done that? Sure. Would that have stretched Peter's faith? No, not really. So he says to Pete, something totally out of the way. See, he wants Peter to fish by faith. By the way, most of you do that anyway. He wants him to fish by faith, not by sight. So... Active faith grows by stepping out in obedience to God and his word. After this miracle, Jesus wants to say to Peter, you obeyed, but the rest was all up to me. You couldn't have done what I'm going to do, Peter. Now, what do you mean Peter's going to be stretched? Well, All his life, Peter fished with a net and a boat. He never went fishing ever for one fish. The whole neighborhood knows him. Where Jesus asked him to go is the Sea of Galilee. It's right there in that northwest corner. He knows exactly the water. He knows where he's at. So notice what he says. Peter, go to the lake, throw out your line, take the first fish you uh, you catch, open its mouth, you'll find a four-drachma coin, take it, give it to to them, and pay your tax. Now... What does Peter have to do? Well, Peter's a fisherman of a boat and a net. He doesn't have a pole. So he has to go next door to his neighbor. Hey, Pete, what's up? Can I borrow your rod? What do you mean you want to borrow my rod? I'm going to go fishing. Peter, I've known you for 40 years. You, you don't even know how to work a rod. 
What's wrong with your boat and your net? Well, I got to go fishing. All right. Get some his. What kind of bait you want? Uh, just an empty hook. What? An empty hook. So Peter's walking through town. Can you picture it? Is this stretching Peter, by the way? Yeah. See, because if it's with a net and a boat, what? Piece of cake. Cool. Next, a fishing pole with a hook and no bait. So as he's walking there, notice what's going through his mind. He begins with these questions, which you and I do when God stretches us. How? So he's thinking, how am I going to get through town without these people laughing at me like crazy? What am I going to look like on the Sea of Galilee with an empty hook? How is Jesus going to get a fish to come to my line and bite my empty hook? How did a coin get into the mouth of the fish? On top of that, how did a fish with a coin bite a hook? (laughs) Am I right? Here's something you want to write down. The hows of life are left to God. We just obey. The hows of life are left to God. We just obey. You see, Peter had active faith. He simply took Jesus at his word. I'm sure the how questions flooded his mind. But he just went to obey. That's what's going to stretch him. When God begins to stretch you, and by the way, let me just stop right here. You say, Pastor Mark, nice sermon. I don't fish. What's this got to do with me? Everything. Because God is going to stretch you. Oh, not with going to fish for a coin in a fish's mouth. Because God didn't tell you to do that. In about 20 years, God began to deal with my heart about coming to Palm Bay in West Melbourne. Took five years till he opened the door. I had a few how questions. How am I going to quit my directorship that you put me in for all those years and come down here? How are we going to buy land? Who's going to come down with us? How am I going to support myself? How am I going to get a sermon every week? I've never done this. God said, don't worry about the house. I'll take care of it. How are we going to do that? You see, we do what we can do, and you let God do the rest. So this has great application for you, because he wants to use you. He wants to stretch your faith. He doesn't want your faith to be little and not vibrant. He wants it to be vibrant. So here goes, here goes old, old Pete, and he's, he's obeying. He goes there, and he has this active word, and he leaves the, well, he just leaves the house to God, and he steps out in courage, and he does it. Now, think about this. Next thing you want to write, watch it, right up here. This is very important. As he's fishing, what's going through his mind? I believe this, walking by faith, fishing by faith, whatever you want to write, generates fresh excitement and passion for life. You see, if Peter had gone out in his boat, thrown the net, he'd done that a million times. It's old hat. But but here he is with a fishing rod and an empty hook, and he's fishing. He's never done it like that before. What does that create in him? Freshness, excitement, 
and passion. How about you? You see, he knows when he brings that sucker in and he opens the fish's mouth and there's the coin, not only is he going, unbelievable, but the people around are, give me the pole, give me the pole, give me the pole. <laughs> you see, there's, there's fresh excitement. Why? Because it's stretching us. But the reason that God wants to use you and me in passion is a passion for souls. You see, people do not know how to live life. We do. We have the answers. That should bring passion to you. Well, that's what happened in Peter's life. He knew that that kind of thing would take place. Now, when he, got, when he did something, we would call this story supernatural. But I want you to look at this definition a little differently this morning. Supernatural is sometimes, not always, sometimes God does everything, we have nothing to do with it. But supernatural is sometimes a combination of super and natural. You say, what do you mean? Well, just think about this. We do all we can do in the natural. What did Pete do? Pete threw the line out. Pete had to go get a pole. He had to go to the water. He had to throw it out. Am I right? If he doesn't throw it out, the fish doesn't jump in his lap. That's a video. It doesn't work. So he has to do everything he does. Now, after he throws that hook out, who takes over? God. Right there. You say, well, God can't direct fish. Hello. Wake up. Smell the roses. Yes, he can. He gave us authority over fish. So understand what supernatural is very often. I have to do my part. Then God does his part. I'm teaching this morning. I'm doing, I studied all week. God gave me illustrations. I studied all week. I'm doing what I can do. But when I'm done, only he can do what he can do. You see, I can't change your heart. I can't move you from a place of bitterness to, as the song said this morning, to a place of healing. Only God can do that. I don't know who's saved, who isn't saved, but God does. And he'll do his part if we'll do our part. So I challenge you this morning to do your part. Get challenged. Now, as we move through this, notice something else. When Peter goes and he reaches into the mouth, the next thing you want to write is this. Act of faith. Obey God and he will provide. You see, it wasn't just a matter of a fish with a coin. Jesus and Peter needed to pay the temple tax. Peter obeyed, God provided. All through the scripture, it tells us, notice here's one in 2 Peter. Peter would write about it later. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need, everything we need, everything we need for living a godly life. Active faith is important. Active faith trusts God even when it doesn't seem that what he has promised is possible. But in today's message, Pastor Mark taught us that active faith grows as we step out in obedience to God's Word. And God wants to see our faith in Him grow. 1 Peter 1.5 tells us that it's faith that binds us to His power. Of course He wants it to grow. And as we step out in obedience and see God work, our passion for life grows as well. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches that we can be confident that as we obey God, He will provide for us. The question is, will we believe Him? The Bible says that God has already, in Christ, given us everything we need for godly living. Already! Do you believe it? Giving is one way to demonstrate our faith in God's promises. Trusting Him through trials is another. So will you believe Him today? Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting